0: Yeah, Colt's counting down. Hey everyone. It's Kevin. It's
2: Gordon. We're back again. Sixth episode in a row. Monday morning. This is the FlowTrack Podcast. Thanks everybody for tuning in and subscribing. If you haven't yet, go subscribe to the FlowTrack Podcast YouTube page. Starting a little late here if you're watching live. My apologies. Had some computer issues. I guess my computer didn't like my consistency, didn't like my drive, didn't like my hustle. Gordon, it tried everything it could today
0: to keep me from logging on. But I'm back. I'm here. Going to have to up their game. Not going to work.
1: I'm happy you made it through. I'm happy you were able to overcome the challenges of your computer difficulties. Mm -hmm. I've missed you. It's not like I haven't seen you recently. This is what? Pod number six in a row. We've talked about Diamond Leagues, NCAAs, New York Grand Mm -hmm. Prix. What else is there to talk about? Did we talk about it all?
2: We talked about a lot. Of, if I mentioned something from that Diamond League, do you think you'd even remember it at this point? Or is it all one blur?
1: I think it's all one blur. It's kind of crazy that the Diamond League feels like it was on Saturday, but it was on like a Thursday, right? Or Wednesday? Yeah. When was it Diamond League?
0: Oh, you're right. It was.
1: I think Diamond no, League was Thursday. It was, on Thursday. Thursday. It's it was crazy. Thursday. So it's not even last yeah, we weekend. Didn't... That's last week.
2: Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. What are the numbers that stick in your head? Track's a number sport, even though we like to watch the head-to-head battles. But, like, what are the numbers that stick out in your head after this weekend? Numbers? Yeah. Like, for me, 1284. I'm remembering yeah. 1284, and I'm, and I'm remembering 2180. Those are the numbers yes. I'm remembering right now.
1: Those are probably the two big numbers I'm remembering. Um, any numbers I'm remembering from the Diamond League? I am rem- I'm, re- I'm remembering Sharika smoking Elaine Thompson Hurrah. I'm remembering that because no one had that on their bingo card of things to happen before worlds. Uh Elaine Thompson Ra getting beat by Sharika Jackson. I think people saw Elaine Thompson maybe getting beat by Shelly Ann, but not Sharika, which, mm-hmm. you know, just changes the whole dynamic mm-hmm. of both the women's hundred and the two hundred. So uh so maybe not a number I remember, but I remember the win for Sharika.
0: Mm-hmm. I went through, I
2: watched all the interviews yesterday from the New York Grand Prix. A lot, of, a lot of superstars there. A lot of people weren't there, but a lot of superstars who ended up racing. I got a couple takeaways from them. Gordon, you want to hear those yeah. before we get in?
1: and If you um, want to watch these interviews, Cole, if you just want to show the homepage of FlowTrack, they're all on the homepage of FlowTrack.com. Not the YouTube channel, the homepage of FlowTrack.com. I know. He's, he's yeah. pulling up his YouTube page. Man,
2: what was that, Colt? You listen to some music or something? We got...
1: This is also my personal computer. Yes.
2: Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> so we can see Colt's screen before he sends it live here. Yeah. There's the... There. Well, let's throw those up. There's like 16 of them. Shout out to Kyle. Doing great work out there at the New York City Grand Prix. Getting a lot of interviews. But one thing... That stuck out to me, Gordon, on the men's side of things. You had a lot of U.S. athletes with the bye because they won championships in 2019 in Doha. I'm talking about Christian Coleman. I'm talking about Noah Lyles. I'm talking about Grant Holloway. We wondered, what are they going to do? What are they going to do at USAs? Because they're not obligated to qualify. And at least as of now, all of them sound like they are ready to roll and they want to run and they want to get another race under their belt. And I think for each athlete, it's motivated by a different reason. I was thinking about this a little bit. Obviously, I think Holloway wants to get back to his winning ways. Now, a lot of times people say they're going to race it, and then they run one round, or they run two rounds, and then they peace out. Like, all right, well, they weren't actually serious about that. But for Holloway, I think he wants to get back to getting... I mean, that that was a big loss, and... Allen running 1284 was a shock. I don't think Holloway even ran that poorly. I think that was just a matter of Allen going up to a level that really Allen believed was possible. But I don't know how many other people believe was possible. So I think that's Holloway's rationale. Coleman, he's just low on races. And he talked about this in his interview of just being off for that long puts you in a different spot. And it's a unique situation for him. And, and he got the win in New York pre, he did not get the win. So I think he just wants more races, more sort of a feeling of normalcy going in to these championships. And then for Lyles, I think it's interesting because Lyles going into the year probably was the one you had the most question marks about of the three, because Holloway was in the mix all year last year, loses a real close race to Hansel Parchment. But ran really well. Coleman was out of it, so we didn't really know. But a lot of people say, all right, he's going to come back in. He's going to be fine. There's no one dominant force in that men's hundred. But Lyles, you know, getting the bronze, the ascendance of Knighton. All right, where is he going to fit into all this? And then he co- goes out and runs 1961. So he, of all people, I think, had the has, has the most motivation really not to go through it. But then we were talking about just the dynamic of him versus Arian Knighton, and the rest of that men's 200 meter field trying to get a win um, against top flight competition because that's basically a dress rehearsal for world championships. You know, DeGrasse might jump in there. You know, he's the gold medalist from last Olympics. You, You don't want to count him out, but we assume that's going to be a U.S. heavy final. So it's an opportunity for him to just see all of his top competitors and the type of form they're in. So I just thought it was interesting that all three guys right now, at least are saying they are going to, run USA's full go. Like Coleman wants you know Coleman wants that battle. Like he wants to go in there and try to get that title back.
1: Yeah, I mean the the US final is basically simulating a diamond league meet with the quality of the, what the field is, you know? So better than that,
2: I think. Yeah. I think
1: better than that. Yeah, maybe even better. And I think it just you have to be will it, it depends if the athlete is willing to lose. You know, if you're if a loss is okay to you, then you go for it. Why not? Like, most of these athletes are still young in their career. It's not like they are going up against father time the way like a Justin Gatlin would be when he was, you know, mm-hmm. getting a buy in his in his mid 30s. Makes more sense to put less stress on your legs. If these guys are young. They can they can handle it. Um, the question is, can they handle the reaction of a loss? Like, will that derail the rest of their season or will that keep them motivated throughout the season, you know, or can they handle overconfidence of a win? Will that make them settle? You no. Know, you just have to be able to carpet, carpent, mentalize. no, compartmentalize that. I can't say that word. Yep. You did it. Yeah. Compartmentalize compartmentalize. That's the word. Uh-huh. Correct. All right. Correct. Good job, Gordon. <laughs> Four stars. Um, Good job, Cole. The, whatever, the loss and the win and separate from yeah. what you're actually going to do at Worlds. I do want to say yeah. this, though. Speaking of, like, running at, World, uh, running at USAs and some of these athletes' notable interviews, I, maybe I'm wrong. I, I, I swear I saw a tweet. The tweet doesn't exist anymore because I think it's got deleted. But Grant Holloway tweeted... Again, I, I'm pretty sure I saw this tweet. Grant Holloway tweeted, "Chess, not checkers." Hmm. And it Wait. seems. Wait, you, you he, said you said I'm pretty sure I saw this. I'm, tweet. I'm pretty sure I saw him tweet chess, not checkers, and then I went back to look at his Twitter feed, Grant Holloway's Twitter feed, and yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't find anything. So, I'm. Um, it's kind of an interesting tweet because the Chestnut Checkers basically mm. says it's kind of shitting on the 1284 because it makes it seem like, oh, I let you win. That's what it comes off as, right? And I think that's probably why he deleted it because, like, no, you Grant, you didn't let mm. Devin win that race. Devin ran 1284. Like, that's – Yeah. There was yeah. nothing that you could have done to stop that 1284. Um, so I think that's probably why he deleted it. Maybe he was more just self-motivating himself, like, "Hey, man, like, I'm gonna get better. I'm gonna mm-hmm. try to be at my best when it matters most in July, which is what y'all mm-hmm. want to do, right?" Um, mm-hmm. Clayton Murphy tweet uh, tweeted or Instagrammed a line about his like his performance, and at the end of the the note, it's like, "Eugene is the only race that matters." Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm maybe misquoting word for word what he said, but basically he implied. This loss doesn't mean much. All that matters is whether or not you do well at, in Eugene. But I would, thought it was interesting. Chestnut Checkers, are you calling a twelve eighty four checkers? Is that what that is? I was like, all right, come on.
2: Well, I think he's saying. I think he's speaking maybe to his own perspective there. I'm just like, for me, it's not about right now. For me, I'm playing the long game. The problem is there's no defense in track and field, so he can get a lot better. He can run a great race. And if someone is just at the level that Allen is right now, it's going to be very difficult to beat them. He's run faster than Allen's time one time in his entire career. But yeah, I don't I don't think people should delete tweets like that. I think I think it's exciting. I think we should keep at it. I think I watched Grant's interview. I mean, he was he's always upbeat, right? Yeah. You're rarely going to see Grant in a negative um, moment, and he was just. I think he said back to the drawing board like six times in, in a 60-second interview. Um, you know, what else was he going to do? I don't – athletes very rarely like to say, oh, this – that performance completely shocked me, right? Like I never saw that coming from that person. Um, but I, I think it's natural. Like we all were shocked by that. Like What mm. Alan did was, was crazy. And then you watch Alan's interview. Alan's last couple weeks were crazy. He got COVID. He's still obviously very active in in getting ready for the NFL season. He's talking about how he allocates his time. It's like two days on track and two days on football. And in the section, you know, the interview that we got, no one asked it. But what I was thinking was, like, did he stumble on something here? Like, Did he stumble on, like, the ideal way for him to train? (laughs) Because he's talking about being healthy and just how, how important health is, whether or not it's football, whether it's track. and He's obviously had a ton of injuries in in his career. But he's juggling both of these things. And I don't know how he's doing in football. Cause I'm, I'll leave that to you, the Eagles fan. But certainly, like, he's gone up almost two levels, it feels like from even where he was at during the best moments of his track career. He said he was surprised he didn't get the world record.
0: He thought he was in shape to
2: do it.
1: That be It
0: could be. Sure, sure. And it could
2: be. And the fact that he said at the beginning of all this, I want the world record, I want the gold medal, then I'm going to go play football, shows you his confidence. But I, I, I just think it's interesting. He's like busier, theoretically, than ever but he's healthier and faster at the hurdles than he's ever been. It's just interesting how that's worked out. And I'm wondering if that's unlocked something in him. I talked about the mental part of it, but he was speaking from a physical side of it of just like, and his coach, his track coach used to be a quarterback. So his co- track coach would like throw him routes and stuff. It just seems very low key. It seems very back to the basics, very much back to probably what he's doing in high school when he was playing a bunch of sports. Yeah, he's he's come back to that at the highest point of his career.
1: It's very high school. It's because in high school, the best athletes are the ones who do multiple sports because they're not, you know, specializing early because they want to keep their body loose and young and just do a lot of sports. Just become an athlete, right? He's kind of going back to that model. Just become an athlete. You don't need to specialize on being the perfect 110 meter hurdler. Just be a really good athlete who has that raw talent of knowing how to hurdle and then, you know, fruits of your labor labor will come out of that. So pretty interesting. There was a notable interview that you watched. I haven't watched it, but you should give our, our viewers a little insight on what she Richardson's agent said to our colleague out at the track meet. You, You watched this by like a four or five minute interview. Yeah. What did you What did you think of um, what you learned from? We haven't really heard from Shakiri's agent, so why don't you explain what what happened?
2: Yeah. So Ronaldo Nehemiah, who's obviously himself, a former track and field standout, played football as well too. Manages a lot of track athletes, but doesn't do a ton of media. I can't recall too many interviews I've seen with him, but talked about Richardson's social media talked about the idea of, like, kind of like sports fandom in the current era, Um, and also just explained all, like, working with her and how he had to gain her trust and basically all the things that she needed to learn. And not just her, but he talks about athletes in general in the sport and how a lot of them just go to the track, and that's all they know. So they're not aware of all that goes into the sport, which has always been your theory and my theory, because you talk to athletes. It's like sometimes track has so much going on and it's so complicated sometimes that I don't blame anybody who's competing in it to just try to shut all that out and be like, all right, I'm just gonna run. Like and I'll have my coach, I'll have my agent, whoever, figure all that other stuff out. So then when stuff specifics come up, oftentimes they don't know. But he mentioned, and towards the end of the interview, like she had never met, I think he said until this weekend, she had never met um, or, or knew who Max Siegel was, the head of USATF. And it sounds like because, you know, she sent a tweet out last, end of last week, leading into New York Grand Prix, um, directed towards USATF that attracted a lot of attention. He, he said, he explained to her, hey, you're a member of USATF in the same way an NBA player is a member of the NBA or an NFL player is a member of the the NFL. And that's just, that's just something that she hadn't under understood, like just didn't know. And, you know, he said, it's not my responsibility to like change her. Like, I think he's like, that'd be selling her out. Like, but I don't know. I just thought it was interesting because you got really an inside look at sort of the thought process behind someone who's working with her on a daily basis. He said he's on social media just to see what she posts. He's like, otherwise I would not even be on social media. That's the whole reason I'm on it.
1: I mean, it's kind of interesting that, you know, she didn't understand like, like the, 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 the the structure of how the pro USATF organization works. Obviously there are flaws, right? People can talk about ways that the professional side of our sport can be better we're definitely not at the way it is in other major sports and that's not what this is about, but understanding like the current system and like Mm -hmm. the rules and regulations and what is kosher and what's not kosher within the organization, a lot of that information, like for someone like Shakari coming right out of college as a freshman, like all she knows is like, Hey, I ran a high school track. I ran one year at NCAA and now I'm Mm -hmm. running at Prefontaine classic. I have a mm-hmm. Nike swoosh on my on my jersey. This is just what I mm-hmm. do. And no one's really under No one's like, there's no orientation for new pro athletes. There's no combine. Yeah. There's none of that. There's no draft day for professional track and field athletes. So all this information, you have to just figure it out on your own, be told. And uh, that's why you have an agent, I guess, right? And that makes yeah. sense that Shikari was like, what's with the USATF trying to to uh, promote the use my photo and all that stuff. And now she knows, like, oh, they're, they're your, you're, you're on that governing you, you body. For them. You're part, they're your governing yeah. body. You don't work for them in a way. Yeah. You're part of the governing body. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Anyway, check it out. People should watch it. I, I just thought it was interesting. Um, it's about six minutes. Also, I like the uh, Alicia Johnson interview. She gave a good on track interview to Lewis Johnson, too, talking about she wants a sponsor, wants to get paid. Her mixed zone interview was really, really good. And Lyles, I thought, was was nice, too. Nice interview. The McLaughlin thing was sort of weird because she warmed up and then didn't race. And then people were like, wait, why didn't she race? It's like, what did you, I think she said something like, Bobby Kersey is a man of many secrets or much mystery or something. Uh, I just thought that was strange um, that she'd get all warmed up. But I guess their group was there. So they were, going to be, they were going to be there anyway. But for the coach to pull, like, the star athlete right before, um, I thought was uh, interesting in any event. You have some other performances you want to talk about?
1: Yeah. From the uh, Portland Track Festival went down. We had a couple notable 1,500-meter runs. On the men's hmm. side, Yard and a Goose. Runs 3.34 the same weekend of NCAAs. That was one in, what, 3.45? <laughs> so Goose, who's not, not at NCAAs saying. because of a bullshit, archaic rule, runs a few miles or two hours away from Eugene in 3.34, destroys a mm-hmm. pro field. And that was a performance, in my opinion, that says, like, okay, I am now, like, a top three because right now we're looking at the men's 1500 field and we look like it's dwindling obviously Sancho's out craig angles is really nowhere to be found just cole hawker is the guy cooper tier maybe yeah. but he's focused on the 5k and then after that is like who wants it and now you can see the he made the team last year he's just now run 334 that's a pretty good sign that he's ready to be top three again in uh, a few weeks
2: Usually, we add people to the list as the season goes on, and the 1500 has been like survivor basically every couple of weeks. You're like, well, that person hasn't looked great, there's no way they're gonna be able to do it. So, it was refreshing to have someone add to the list. Can you think of a season weirder than Nagusa's in recent memory? I cannot. This is bizarre, isn't it? You talk about the time not counting. But it's not as if he only had one opportunity to race. Correct?
1: Yeah, he had multiple, but he was dealing with injuries, had to wait to the last minute, wanted to get into a faster race, so he had to go to a non-NCAA legal meet. Um, but yeah, he had multiple right, He could have He could have run. Yeah. He didn't run ACCs. He was
2: en- right, he scratched out of ACCs. I-, I think the bigger issue was the injuries than just the the archaic rule that you're mad about. But yeah, three thirty four. And look at the look at the people you beat. I mean beat Gregoric, beat Fisher. That's a pretty good win.
0: Um and then you gotta name me you know, what's your team? Tier Hawker Nagoose in some order? Is that what you're going with?
1: Yeah, I mean if Tier runs, if Tier doesn't run, then it's I have no idea. Wide open. Uh, absolutely I mean maybe Kieti or Sieti? I don't know, man. It's hard. The 1500. (laughs) I was actually thinking about this um, last night when I was trying to think of topics for the pod today because we've been talking a lot about track. Not much new stuff has happened. And I was like, I could go through every event and I can go through whether I care about the event or don't care about the event. Right. And like men's hundred. That's a compelling podcast. Women's 200. I care about. Men's 200 I care about, women's 100 I care about. Men's eight, no. Women's eight, yes. <coughs> Excuse me. And then I was like going through all of them. And I was like, men's 15? I don't think I care about it right now. It's not that interesting. On the U.S. level. You
2: talk about on the U.S. level. Because on the world level, it's one of the best events, I'd argue. Um, I'm looking at the standards list, though. You haven't updated. Yeah, U.S. didn't add So the standard, Hawker, Alexander, Centro, Win Gregoric, tier. So there were six before this weekend. So we're going to add Nagus to that list to get to seven, correct? But then we're yeah. going to take off Centro because he's a scratch. That's down. So you're down to six again. And if – so let's just say, for sake of argument, Tier doesn't run. So then you're down to five. Now, there's a possibility that they run fast in a semi or they run fast in the final. Get the standard, especially
0: with, and we've seen some fast prelim times, but can't count on that. That usually doesn't happen. So basically we could enter this 1500 with
2: five people going for three spots. Yeah. So I understand why you wouldn't be that interested in it because that takes a lot of fun it undercuts basically the entire purpose of this first three past the post when it's not first three past the post. Now, I mean, are there people who could get in on world rankings? I suppose. We can look into that. Um you said Sieti's got it too, right? Or no, he just missed. He
0: just missed. Yeah. At at the at the at pretty classic. That's right. So, you know, maybe he'll be
2: able to get it before the meet. Starts, but the track record on that is not good. I feel every time there's a championship, the story is: will the men's fifty hundred go out fast, so that way someone can get the standard, and then every so right now,
1: we're Sam Prakel, Josh Thompson, and Vincent Sieti are in the world rankings quota, so they could okay. get in with their world ranking as of right now. But you know, so that would. That could change. That could change.
2: Yeah, so that would bump it up to eight, assuming Tier doesn't run. But then you got to figure a couple of those guys may not even make the final. I think we're going to end up with a final where 50% or fewer
0: are... Eligible. Holding the standard.
2: Holding the standard or are realistically able to get in via world rankings. And I I still think that that's a bummer because you don't want to just discount half the field. You don't want to have to explain to someone. Hey, actually the person in third, fifth, seventh, and 11th can't really go unless this is a fast race. Oh, yeah. First, first 462, they're not going. So just ignore all those people and then pay attention to, to the guy in the green shirt, the guy in the blue shirt. Like it's just, it's not a fun way to consume track and field.
1: So if like it's slow and they go out in like 62, they should like pull they off just the non people with they the should standard, leave. like yep. get off yes. the track. So then it goes from a field yep. of 12 to like five.
2: <laughs> yep. They should, it should be even splits. And if you, if you miss it, you're out. Yep. Every lap, elimination. get mile. pulled. It's like and an then it's just, mile. yeah. So then you'd end up with uh, five people on the last. That would, that would clarify things. That would make it easier on the viewers. <laughs> Who's going to qualify for the world championships?
0: But, Back to Nagus. If he makes the team again after this whole season, it'll be one of those things where
2: you'll look back and be like, oh, he made consecutive teams. That's awesome. But it won't tell the whole story at all because what happened in between those two teams <laughs> was about as big of a roller coaster as you can imagine. Remember he broke the collegiate record indoors on a 3K? Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, this is – yeah. He's He's crushing it, and then he goes
0: to – indoors and gets gets beat pretty bad, right? Like DMR doesn't work out,
2: right? Doesn't do good individually either, to his standard, and then runs the one race outdoors. So it'll be very misleading.
1: Anything else from Portland that you found interesting?
0: What Schweizer ran four flat not terribly surprised by that. Um, I
2: mean, it's really rainy and stuff. I guess the the steeple thing was interesting with with Jager because he's still like he's still right on that line. It was an inconclusive result because if he runs real slow, you're like, all right, it's just not happening. And then if he runs, you know, in that weather, if he runs what eight sixteen or something like that, you're like, ah, he's back, he's back, he's back. I I think he's in that three through seven range right now
0: in the U.S. I think he's got a shot, but it's a long shot. What
1: about um, Noah Lee's Cranny? So, Barrowman basically showed up to the Portland Track Festival. They ran a the majority of their athletes there, whether they're mm-hmm. doing an off-of-distance events, their main event, whatever. Elise Cranny, who scratched the 10K, what now? Mm -hmm. Two weeks ago? Yeah. Now she's not running at this meet. Do you think we're going to see Elise Cranny on the start line at USA's in the 5K?
0: Yeah. And if we do see her her at the start line,
1: will she be the Elise Cranny we expect her to be?
2: You mean the Elise Cranny from the winter?
1: Yeah, a, a one who is the favorite to win if not get top two.
0: Yeah, I mean, no one no one knows that. That's a secret. It's a
2: closely guarded secret that we're never going to know. I don't – she doesn't – the good news for her, she doesn't need to be that to
0: make the team. She could take a step down and still make it. Um, I mean, do you remember how good she was indoors?
2: And out. I guess it was outdoors too, right? That to the ten thousand. <laughs> it was run outdoors during indoor season. She did those back-to-back races and and they're incredible. Yeah, it shouldn't need to be that good, but it obviously would help. I don't yeah, we're not going to know. It's all going to be under lock and key until the gun goes off or maybe the day before when there's some sort of announcement or she runs a, another race. But so we have these two diamond leagues. But that's pretty much it. I mean, there might be a random like all-comers meet pop up here and there, but The hay is in the barn for a lot of these athletes. We're not going to get any more information about them for the vast majority of them than we have right now. So we just need to be comfortable with the fact that we just don't know for a lot of these athletes. What do you think about – like the women's steeple is interesting too. I mean Frerichs fell, so you kind of want to throw that one out. Um, Coburn ran a 15, looked pretty solid. And then you have on on the come up. Would that be your team right now? Coburn, Frerex and Waymet?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's gonna be everyone's team, right? You go with the two consistent ones in Coburn and Frerex and then throw in a the new young uh I don't know how young she is now. She might be pretty older. She's probably 22, twenty two, twenty three, but you run nine sixteen. What's that third spot gonna go to? You you assume it's gonna go to the the new newcomer who's, you know, running nine
0: in the teens,
2: so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the fastest time by an American this year. Coburn was 918 at pre. Farricks was 920 at pre. Delay is the next best American. And she was second NCAAs, and you saw the gap between her and Courtney Wayman. So, made Constantine, made the team last year. There's obviously other names out there, but I don't know. It's interesting because – the U.S. was so solid in the steeple, right? Metal after, like, Coburn and Frex have been so good. I have no doubt that they'll be able to be, you know, be in the mix when it comes time. Uh, but there's just more mystery around this event than there's, than there's been in the past. Um,
1: all right. Do you got anything else before we go to? I want to uh, talk about our kick of the week because yeah, this kick is my favorite kick of the week. So, before we make sure we show it from the start when we put it up on the screen. But I discovered this new Instagram channel called Underground Foot Racing, which is probably the greatest Instagram channel you can find. I suggest everyone to go follow Underground Foot Racing on Instagram. But check out this, check out this kick. So, here we go. <laughs> three dudes on a track. The guy in the middle falls down. Mm-hmm. Gives everyone basically a ten meter lead and then closes like a bat out of the hell to take the win. He's also the biggest guy there. He looks like he's like an eighth grader and the other mm-hmm. kids are fifth grade. But this Instagram channel, Underground Foot Racing, is like this really cool thing where it they're promoting like just one on one street racing mm-hmm. with on, on your feet. And uh if you go through scroll through all the <laughs> the different um Videos you see different people just lining up and going head to head, like mm-hmm. on the pavement, doesn't matter in the hallway, pavement on a track. I love it. So, check out Underground Foot Racing, it's pretty so, cool. Let's go back to you this they kick, have? they have 5,000 followers. Check it out, but yeah, let's go back to the kick. Go back
2: to the kick. So, where the kick begins is actually in this role because he falls, but it's a great role to get back on his feet, you know what I'm saying. Like yeah, that's true. Momentum. It's sometimes yeah, it's sometimes tough to get your bearings, and he he basically used all that to get going. And then once he started rolling, he was rolling. Uh, I'll have to check the tape. Did he go out of his lane? If so, I mean the <sighs> well, D- I a DQ might be in order. But I'm not gonna a kick that good. We're just gonna turn the other way on that. No, it looks like Start he stays in a- his
1: lane. Looks like he stays in his lane, which is Pretty impressive.
2: Soon. That's impressive in and of its own right. You know, might need to work a little bit on that dry face coming out the blocks. But uh, a solid solid last 80 meters started off by that sweet, sweet recovery. That's the ultimate you're coming out of a restaurant, you're walking through the airport, and you trip and fall. And you just play it off and like, hey, did anybody see that? Right, You just keep kind of moving. This is that to the extreme. Like he's like, man – If I run fast enough, are people even going to remember that I fell in the beginning of this race? I'm going to try to run so fast, play this off. Because you're fueled a little bit by embarrassment, I think. That's that extra shot of adrenaline, right? You know, you're already hyped up for a race, but then you fall and you're like, oh, man. Oh, man. This is a nightmare. How did this happen to me? And they're like, wait a minute. I can still win this thing and it's going to make it awesome. And people will talk less about the fall and more about what came next.
1: Now that I rewatch this race, there is a lane violation. He starts in between the two athletes, but then he finishes on the left side of the athletes. Look, he starts in the middle, but he, he passes the guy on the inside on the inside. So he does oh, wait, run into does a different really? lane to go around him. He runs around. Him. See look he runs around him and then makes
2: the <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Wait, did someone run into his lane?
1: Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's what happened. I don't know. Hold
2: on, let's let's do this one more time.
0: Okay. So,
1: well, it looks like the guy, guy on the in, outside moved into lane three, the, so therefore he's he blocked, the white, so he had to move into lane one. Yeah, that's what happened. The guy, in, the white kid on the outside, moved into lane three, which had to force the other guy to move into. Lane I
2: thought three. the kid in the blue shorts.
1: Yeah. So what do you do? Is it multiple DQs? Or do you just say fair play? No, fair play. It's underground okay. foot racing. There, there ain't no rules. It's just point A to point B. However you want to get there. If you want to run zigzag, go for it. That's on you to make up for the distance lost.
2: All right. Uh, How about if this was track? You got a topic you want to discuss for if this was track? Also, people in the chat,
1: if you've got questions or comments, put them in there now. So a week or so ago, I guess this past weekend was the start of it. I'm not sure when it started, but – For people who follow golf, the PGA Tour is the the main league for professional golfers. And Saudi Arabia decided to make their own league called the Live Tour, Live Golf or whatever it's called. And in order to get the best athletes from the PGA Tour, they gave them a shit ton of money. We're talking in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, It was reported that Tiger Woods was offered... In the range of like seven hundred to a seven hundred million to a billion dollars, but Tiger said no, which is like, whoa, Tiger said no to like seven hundred million dollars. Wow, obviously there's controversy around the live tour because it's done by Saudi Arabia, which isn't you know the the best country with you know doing little shady things politically and all that stuff. But this is not about that. The whole idea is like they have the established PGA tour. And then this outsider can come in and wave a bunch of cash in the face of the athletes. And some of the big notable athletes are willing to leave their tour. And PGA is like banning them from, com- from I'm not sure if they're banning from coming back, but they're not allowed to compete. It's this whole thing. Yeah. But people like Phil Mickelson are willing to make the move because the money's good. And it got me thinking, how much money, if you and me wanted to put on a track meet, we call it the Gordon mm-hmm. and Kevin Invitational. And we're going to host it the same week as the Olympics. It's going to be in Austin, Texas. How much money would I need to pay each athlete to skip the Olympics to come to run in my track meet?
0: Guaranteed One, do you money think or a prize number? money? There's,
1: there's definitely a number, right? There's definitely a number. There's definitely a number that will convince someone like Elaine Thompson, hurrah, be like, no, I'm not going to the Olympics. I'm coming to Austin, Texas to run at the Gordon Kevin invitational. What is that number? The problem is the better the people, you want the
2: best people, right? That's the way your meet would work is the best people. The problem is the best people are going to be the hardest to convince because they're the ones who are going to make the most money off of the Olympics, right? With their sponsorships and bonuses and just the tradition of competing.
0: I mean, I would think it would need to be north of $10 million, $5 million. That's that much. What's the number you thought? I mean, I think – I mean $10 million. It's $10 million. These track it's a number 18. that you don't – it's a number that you don't have is what
1: I'm saying.
2: Because well, also you got to factor in. Crypto,
1: you know, is like doing pre- right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> really? Did you check this morning? Uh, you got to factor into the pressure that especially not, you know, athletes from smaller countries would feel to compete. And that I think would weigh on them as well too. Now with this golf thing, you're right. There's that whole other separate entity, which makes people not want to be involved with it. And just that. But if you're just talking like pure, all right. We're creating – there's going to be a second – there's going to be a competitor to the Olympics or world championships, Um, especially the world championships. I think you might want to start
0: there with the world championships because that's – you could do that for less money. I think people could
2: be pulled away from the world championships because I was talking to a friend of mine who knows a lot about elite swimming, and he said, at the World Championships for Swimming this year, a lot of countries are prioritizing the Commonwealth games over the world championships. And he said to me, Imagine if Elaine Thompson Hurrah was like not going to worlds this year, guys, gonna do Commonwealths. But in the world of swimming, for Great Britain or Australia or South Africa, like that's all right, that's a logical decision. Because then you you think about it, it's like, well, a lot of this stuff's just based off of tradition and the way things were done, and that's how we're going to keep doing them. So I think world championships would be much easier to pull people away. Olympics just brings in this much bigger audience. So that one would be where you need to really back up the uh, back up the truck for.
1: So I think what I would do is I would do I wouldn't do every event, right? I would only focus on events that I care about, um, which I've been thinking about last night but I think I will do 20 million for first 10 million for second, 8 million for third, and then down 1 million all the way to eighth and only invite eight people. Mm-hmm. So there's no rounds. So I think that's how I would do it. Cause then I also want to incentivize them to try to win, right? Not just show up, jog, collect yeah. a check. You're like, yeah, you get, you double your prize if you win, whatever. So I'll do that. Um, my main question is like could I how much would it cost to get Usain Bolt to get on the track? Like do you think I could learn retirement?
0: Bolt?
2: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I thought you're about sixteen Bolt in his final Olympics would be tough
1: because No, no.
2: Again No, I'm talking
1: about twenty twenty two Bolt.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Bolt no, might but be here's the thing. honestly he would only
1: get the money Old if he wins. Be, he, so well, he'd force me he to train. I'd have to make him train. Yeah. Like, I'll give you $50 million if you win the race.
2: See, that's tif- difficult because then it gets into reputation and pride stuff. And he's probably like, I can just do another commercial for something and make that money up. But I was going to say just convincing
1: him. if you win the race.
2: Convincing him to come would be easier than Thompson and Rob because he's not actively competing. So he's not giving anything up. Oh, hundred. Yes. He would do it for a hundred million. hundred percent. You'd have to
1: win. You only, you only get the hundred million if you win. But who else is in this hypothetical? Everybody's there. Well, I'm definitely getting the fourth best USA athlete. Definitely getting the fourth best USA athlete there because <laughs> he's not going to be up. Yeah. But well, so What does he
2: get guaranteed? Does he get anything guaranteed or is it only? If he, he gets wins?
1: 10 million guaranteed, a hundred million if he wins. And we're going to assume he's going to have to run like 9-8 to win. Basically, would he start training for mm-hmm. an extra $90 million? I think so. Because he hates training.
0: That's, that's a lot fact. of money, I get
1: Bolt to train for the Gordon Mack and Kevin Sully Invitational in Austin, Texas?
2: That's a lot of money. I don't know his financials,
0: but that's a lot of money. I think he'd do it. Yeah, I'd do it. Why not? In shape again. Yeah. I think
2: I think you I think yeah, breaking breaking away for the Olympics is is tough. Breaking away from the world championships easier. Breaking away from the Diamond League, extremely easy. That would not you could probably do that. What's the prize money now?
1: Like ten thousand dollars. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So we're talking ten million here, five million there. You can do the whole thing for that much probably with the Diamond League. Like imagine if the Diamond League it was it was like a
0: million a meat. Or someone could Pretty offer fair. a million a meat. Imagine how few scratches you'd see.
2: <laughs> Imagine how little you'd hear the phrase Ah, the most important part of the season's down the line.
1: Yep. Nope.
2: That would disappear from the vocabulary of a lot of athletes. People would be clamoring to get into every meet. Like agents oh would be
1: the most important person
2: <laughs> for a track and field athlete. Get me in the event. By the end of the, f-
1: by the end of the first season, they're going to start campaigning to have a twelve lane track because they're like, we need, yeah. we need more lanes. We need to let more people in on this yeah. million dollar prize that we give out every week.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really is. It really is stark. Like if you if you could
2: offer a meet where you're like all right, most of your income or prospective income is going to come from this one event or maybe it's you know a a series of events, two or three events, that just changes everything. That changes the balance of everything. Yeah. Because then you're like all right, well, this isn't a twenty thousand dollar victory that I may not get, thirty thousand dollar victory that I may not get, plus a whatever, $40,000, $20,000 appearance fee. No, it's like this is going to represent a lion's share of my income
0: for the season. I need to be there and I need to be ready. Um, yeah. And, All right. Anything else? Looking at the chat here.
2: Also mentioned fast uh, high, school, high school girls, uh, 1600. Addie Wiley you know, from Indiana. She's going to Colorado. She ran four sixteen or sixteen hundred, which four
1: sixteen? No,
2: sorry, four twenty six. (laughs) Sorry, four twenty six. Dude,
0: let me let me try that again. Let me
2: try that again. Addie Wiley of Indiana going to Colorado four twenty six at the Grand Valley State Midwest Redemption Meet called the Redemption Meet.
0: She's going to Colorado.
2: She's so going to Colorado, and it converts. I'm reading the mile split article here from Corey. It converts to a 427.73 mile, and she won the we race. Did talk by about how eight seconds.
1: Colorado women have been really good at the mile, especially indoors in the 1500. You got the yeah. Jones, the Gennaro, um, mm-hmm. a few others. Hearda, Now they're just adding to that. To that locker room, another sub-430 miler out of high school. Pretty cool.
0: Mm. All right, looking at
2: the chat here, JW says, will Razor defend his 800-meter title?
1: Well, right now there is no 800-meter title meter title, meter title to, to be defended because I've canceled the event. We almost had a, a man break 144, but he didn't do it. He ran 144-0, so still college kid from Texas Tech only got to run 143 Get back to me. I mean, I want to see Brazier. hopefully he runs at USA's because we not, we need to see something from him, but I don't know it doesn't anyway. yeah it
2: doesn't. doesn't need to. What remind the people again what is it going to take to get the event reinstated? It just someone needs to run it faster than Zahafi.
1: Yeah, we'll say is that, that. It? Okay. Just someone needs to run faster than Zahafi for yes until that happens. They have up until the semifinals to do it. So if they go through the rest of the season and go through the first two rounds of the eight hundred and no one runs faster than Zahafi, we cancel the event. I will jump onto the track, glue my hands to the start finish line, and not let them run. The world
2: li- the world lead can't come from the Tom Jones meet and Yes. That's basically cannot. what we said. Yeah. It's not allowed. Uh he also asked, is Gabby Thomas injured? not sure. She withdrew from that New York meet late. It uh, says, is Abby Steiner really a threat against Prandini, Felix, Richards, Gabby Thomas, or Brittany Brown? Well, she certainly is against That's the first good. three three people there. Um, I think my team, if I had to pick right now, I need to crunch the numbers still.
0: But I think my team in the two would be Thomas, Steiner, and Brown. But I mean Richardson doubling is interesting. Uh,
2: Prandini obviously looked pretty good this year and ran really well at trials last year. I like that event. I like I'm like. I'm just really into the women's two
1: hundred this year. I'm thinking that um Abby is now the, I mean, you know, you're gonna be like, okay, Gordon, enough with the Abby Steiner talk, but I yep. think she's the favorite now because Gabby Thomas pulling out of the meet, it, there's a reason for it. Like, that means there's something. And it may not that be big of a deal, and it may be fine in two weeks. But the fact that there's something can be that extra edge that Steiner will have yeah. that could be enough for her 21.8 PB to be enough to to win the, the race. If Gabby mm-hmm. would have been ran this race and gone to New York and run 21.9, then I'll be like, yeah, Gabby's Gabby's the leader. But someone pulling out because of a slight injury versus someone coming off for 21-8, I like, like my odds with the
0: 21-8. It will be interesting to see the two-week break, what that does. Because in 2019,
2: we had the complete opposite. I think we had a six-week break between NCAAs and USAs. And I thought, oh, that's going to be a mess. But then a lot of athletes said, no, it was good because I could take a break and then build back up to me. That seems sort of difficult because you got your time to peak and then that's it. But that's not the case. Apparently like they were able to scale down and then scale back up again. So two weeks, is that too short of a turnaround or can people just ride that high for another 14 days and, and get on the team? I mean, she, you figure she's going to be fine. Get out the first round, getting out the semis. It's just, can she get, does she have one more 21-9 you know,
0: in her, 21 eight, 21, 9 in her this year?
1: Did have some people comment on our Team Seville versus Team Blake?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. What did they, they say? They started giving
1: some suggestions saying? of where to go in Jamaica for the winter. Giving us like food oh, recommendations. Really? They're already. Nice, getting our travel agent together for us for the eventual winner. <laughs> that means they think again. The Jamaica bet either Akeem Blake or Oblique Seville have to win Worlds mm-hmm. for us to go to Jamaica. So you mean
2: win Oblique, Seville wins, world? No, want, winning, Oblique Seville wins Worlds.
1: I want. I need some Oblique Seville.
2: I need some Oblique Seville gear. This is where if Track had jerseys, I would buy it. But like his high school, like club, like can I? How do I? How do I show my allegiance to Seville?
0: And then how does Gordon show his allegiance to Akeem Blake?
1: Where did Seville go to high school? Trying to find. So was he Calabar? Mm. Is that him? He might have been Calabar. He ran at Penn Relays. Yeah. So Seville went to Calabar. Where did Akeem Blake go?
0: So I need to get some caliber If you know what? Went to, I don't know what school that is. I can't tell. I don't know where Akeem Blake went. You can't type in Akeem Blake High School. It doesn't come up?
1: Yeah, I can. You're right.
2: Okay. You're like Google imaging things. Uh... Oh, wow. He went to, did he go to Merlin Audie High School? They named a high school after Merlin Audie. Oh, okay.
1: Merlin Audie High School. So how do,
2: So how do I get – I need to get Calibar gear. People know. Let me know. Reach out.
1: I need Merlin Audi high school gear. If You know Merlin center my high school – I don't know. Just yeah. – yeah, yeah. we'll figure it out. Go, I was pl- close. go team
2: close. That was close to resembling a sentence. Did you hear that, Colt? Gordon just started talking and just gave up midway through that sentence. Send me, that was
1: send me my weird. high school. Send me my high school. I'm sorry. I'm working on it, guys.
2: Send me my ice. Oh,
0: I like know. David Edward right, Tolson,
1: be... Team Meniscus versus Team Obliques.
0: <laughs> That's fun. Uh, Classic okay.
1: body part jokes. Anyway, guys, thanks for listening.
0: Yeah. We're gonna take tomorrow. Six off. days.
1: We've talked enough about track. Clearly you can tell by the quality of this podcast that we kinda <laughs> talked a lot Is your
0: favorite
2: podcast, Gordon? Not your favorite no, one. This is
1: of the six, this is definitely the seventh best podcast of the six. <laughs> That's what this is.
2: I was gonna have Colt rank them, but I'm just glad I was able to log into my computer. But now I gotta deal with that. This is just gonna be a great day all around for me. Um we'll try to do this Anthony week. can so
1: just said we know Merlin Adi. at her advanced age, she can still beat you in a hundred. I a thousand percent agree. I...
2: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Merlin Adi can definitely beat Gordon. How Most retired
0: athletes. How old would
1: Elaine Thompson-Raw have to be for me to beat her in a 100-meter dash?
2: Well, aren't you, you're older than her.
1: No, no. Like, I stay in my 34-year-old body, but she ages. So, like, oh, can I beat her so when cry- she's 40 and I'm 34? No, no. So, you, when she's you're frozen. 50. No. No, I'm 30. Okay, 60. I could beat her at 60. I don't know.
2: No, maybe 70.
1: No, maybe 60. 70. I could beat her 60.
2: What's the Come 70 on. age group record? Hold on. Let me look this up. I could beat her when she's 60. Age group record. Because I'm assuming she'll be able to run faster than all these people. Um, This is men. Let's go women's. 100. 13.91 is 60 to 64. 70 is 14.76. But she'd be faster than that. Like these people aren't people who competed. I do you know she'll be faster? She pros. could
1: not age gracefully. And well, like, I'm saying most
2: retired, with, with some exceptions, most pro track athletes aren't still getting after it in their 60s and 70s. But the talent gap over the other people leads me to believe, yeah, if they could run 14-7, I think Elaine Thompson could still run sub-14 when she's 70. Could you run sub-14 right now?
1: I think I can I, – well, maybe. I don't know. I never tie myself in 100. I feel like I can run under 15 seconds for sure. So I've the
2: 80 it. record is – 80 is where it really jumps up because you go to 80, the record is 16.62. Yo, and that okay. was done with a plus 1.8. That was a plus 1.8 win to yeah. favorable conditions out there women Falls, have
1: – yeah, 80-year-old women have nothing on my speed. Like that's a given. 80s, that, but we're again, not in, this, in, having a conversation. We're talking about, we're 60s. talking
2: about, we're talking about one of the greatest sprinters of all time, though. So, uh, you know what? So yeah, David I'm going to say says, this right now.
1: I challenge all the great 60 year old Jamaican female sprinters to a race whenever you want. When I'm in Jamaica, I'll find someone who's, and I'll challenge. We'll put a, put some, a, I, I believe I, come on. You don't think I could beat a 6 year old woman in a 100-meter dash? A random, random 6 year old woman? Yes, you could beat a random
2: 60-year-old man too. I'm talking about Elaine Thompson-Hurrah. No. Could not beat her when she's 60. Zero percent chance.
1: I guess we'll never find out because we don't have a time machine. We'll never find All out.
2: Right, you're not going to be able to freeze yourself. Now, I don't know. You could wait till. I guess you'd have to find somebody now. But I'm yeah, saying Murley I'm telling naughty. you that there's these people. Yeah, she would just destroy you because she ran really late into her life. She's still probably running.
1: Okay, someone's saying that she would beat me when she's 90. That's not true.
2: Yeah. No. She's different, man. No. no. All right. Uh, Thomas said solid C-plus effort today, guys. Let's leave it there. I appreciate
0: that. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Colt. Talk to you guys Wednesday. Solid C-plus
1: effort. Like, subscribe. We'll be back Wednesday. With the more
0: legible pod. you pod. Just, just I'm making Turn worse. off the feed. Okay. We'll... Turn off the feed. Cancel us.